Good evening, everyone. Welcome to episode three of the Father's Name podcast. Of course, I am Todd Nichelle, and joining me this evening is family attorney Joanna Boyd. Welcome, Joanna. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Um, I wanted to discuss with you today some of the things that the fathers should look out for or what they should do or what they shouldn't do um, in regards to fighting cases like child support, custody, visitation, and, you know, just things of that nature. But before we get into our conversation, could you please introduce yourself and let everyone know who is attorney Joanna Boyd? Sure. I am Joanna Boyd, uh, founder and owner of of J.G. Boyd Law, um, all family laws, what I do. I've been doing it for quite some time now, um, throughout my entire law school career, and from the time I passed the bar to now. Um, I have a focus on fathers' rights, mainly because uh, they don't have as much support, and it's always been an uphill battle for fathers, particularly Black fathers, um, to be able to get the time that they need with their children. Um, and I, I've always been a bit a big advocate um, for that reason. I've always wanted to represent the underdog anyway. Um, yeah, I have an office in DeKalb County, one in Fulton County as well, but we definitely serve all of Atlanta, all of Georgia. Um, so it's nothing for you to reach out and let me know where you are. I do have cases all the way out in Carroll County, Athens, all spread out. So as long as it's in Georgia, I can help. And I do have some resources outside of Georgia as well. So if you were to reach out and needed something, you know, in another state, I might be able to help in that way. Oh, that that's great because, uh, of course, uh, well, I'm in Georgia as well, but I'm originally from Baltimore, Maryland. So I would probably have a, you know, different, you know, looking, you know, looking from different places. Um yeah. I did, uh, this would be my second season of the podcast. And when I started season one, I interviewed Judge uh, Vonda Bailey and she was a support court uh, judge. Um, and she tapped on some pretty interesting things um, when we had our discussion. One question that I wanted to ask you was uh, a running theme in all of my interviews that I've done since starting the podcast has been the father saying, well, I just let her have whatever she wanted because I got tired of going back and forth and, you know, for them to keep telling me to, I don't have this, so I'm not prepared and this, that, and the third. So when that happens, usually the father gets aggravated and, and instead, of, instead of continuing to fight, they give up the fight. Why do you feel like um, men are given such a hard time when they come to fight these cases versus when the women come? Um, I mean, it dates back. It dates so far back. And this is my opinion, to be clear. I think it dates back. We, we live in a bit of a maternal society or the setup has always been uh, mom takes care of the kids, dad goes out and work and provides the support for the family. And it kind of streamlines into the court system in a way because these are the values that, that we've known, you know. Um, it's getting better. I can't say that. It's getting a lot better. There are a lot of courts that that uh, judges in particular that like joint custody week on week off situations or that are all pro dad or will give dad that equal opportunity. Um, but it's, it's still a struggle and it's still a huge change that we're, we're looking to turn in the right direction. So um, I can see people giving up fairly easy. It gets, you get an attorney who knows how to do the process and it gets expensive. 
you know, and I don't think it's right that you have to pay um, that kind of money to have the rights that you probably should have had at the outset, you know. Mm-hmm. It's no question about whether or not you have custody of your child when you're a mom because we know for sure that it's, you birth that child, you know, most right. times. And it's totally different from dads here in Georgia. You don't have any custody rights until you get legitimated. Legitimation is an entire lawsuit. And just the notion that I have to file a lawsuit to get rights to my child is is beyond me, you know? And I can see it. I mean, it's emotionally driven. I can see it being frustrating. I can see someone um, not wanting to continue that fight for monetary purposes or otherwise, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, It's just a lot to have to deal with. What do you feel like um, one of the things that can be changed um, to make the process a little easier. We all know that it's an array of things when it comes to the dead, but if, if you could if you could go in and implement a change or even suggest a change, what would that be? Equal custody. Now, see, these, so the legitimation laws, that goes for um, children that are born out of wedlock. And again, this dates back, in my opinion, because we've always been that society that believes in marriage or pushes marriage um, Mm-hmm. kind of stemming from a religious standpoint, because we know a lot of these laws stem from that as well, including adultery and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. Um, so coming coming from that standpoint, if you're not married, which is probably the majority at this point, mm-hmm. I just feel like society hasn't pivoted in that way to address what's really happening versus mm-hmm. what the virtues were however long ago. And that's where a real problem is coming in. So if I could change anything, it would most likely be that. Like, if this is your child, once you've already established paternity, it should be no question as to whether or not that child can benefit from you, whether or not you have custody rights, whether or not you have the right to be involved and make decisions. All of that should come at the outset. And what we call it is a presumption. They do have some some bills. In, in front of legislation that, that lean towards saying, you know, the presumption, there is no presumption or there is equal custody at the outset. And I think that'd be helpful if it were to go in place. Um, namely, because now, instead of coming in the door, having to prove myself to be a good father, I'm coming in the door and you're going to have to prove that I'm not. And, and mm. that takes a lot of pressure off of dad, you know, because <laughs> here I am, I just had a child. I don't understand why I have to tell you, you know, uh, why I deserve to be with that child. Right, right. So in, in regards to uh, child support, because of course mm-hmm. that is mm-hmm. something that everybody <laughs> wants to know about. So um, I know I, one thing that I feel like, in my opinion, is very unfair are the consequences of non-payment. Um, again, the, the losing of a passport don't really quite understand how that ties into anything. Um, and also with putting the dad in jail and taking his driver's license away and all those type of things, those are consequences that I feel like though they just don't make any sense to me. Um, why is that? I'm, I'm curious to know. Well, I, honestly, because I feel like if to take a person's license, mm-hmm. um, let's just say that that is, his means of employment. So let's just say he's a driver or, you know, he wants to get a job as a driver. 
Well, the first thing that the employer is going to do is pull the record and they're going to see that there is a suspension. And more than likely, I'm assuming, because I've never been in this situation, that if they see a suspension, then that lessens the chance of him being hired. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, and I know people always say, oh, there's public transportation, so just get another job and just catch the bus. But it's just, it's not as easy as it sounds, or it's easy for someone to say that, you know, and it, it might not be as easy for that person. And also, I feel like the jail thing is is doesn't make sense because what am I going to do in jail? Yeah, because you're not going to be able to pay anything. In jail. I agree. <laughs> I agree 100%. Um, I think I think these laws are uh, constructed um, not necessarily to apply to every single situation. You have to take somewhat of the worst situation and put something in place that would be helpful. And then it kind of governs everything else. Um, and I say that to say there are fathers out there that do not take care of their kids. How do I how do I make you do that? Because mm-hmm. it's, it's funny how I've seen a ton of cases where I don't have it. I don't have it. I don't have it. And then they go to jail and oh shit, now you got it. <laughs> now you got it. You know what I'm saying? And and so that's where that comes in. You know, child I like for people to be able to do what they have to do. These judges, they don't know you. They don't know you. They don't know your children. You know you got a child, take care of your child. Mm-hmm. Take care of your child. A lot of times you can avoid all of this. And of course there are processes in place that people probably aren't as familiar with that will help you before you get to that point where they are taking, you know, those luxuries from you. Mm-hmm. Um, if you can't afford a support amount, you are to file a modification. You don't just call your BM or your baby daddy, whoever's on support. You don't call them and say, hey, I can't afford it because they don't want to hear that. If there's a court order, you can't afford it. You need to modify it so that you can afford it. If you so, get there are uh-huh. orders for that. You can you can put a, put a payment plan in place. You don't just, you know, you can't just turn a blind eye and expect nothing to happen. So, so let's, let's discuss the modification for one second, because I'm glad that you brought that up. Um, and, and over the summer, I had to make a few phone calls uh, for some research. And I was told that a modification doesn't come until maybe, and I'm, this is not exact, so I'm, and I, I can't remember, but I know it's not immediate. It's like a few years. So like maybe if the order was put in place in like 19, they can't come back again until like 24. So... Yeah. Isn't that like, and, and that's just me exaggerating. I don't know if that's exact. No, no, no. But- There's a law. There's a law here that prevents you from filing um, a modification after you've already filed one within two years. But there are exceptions. If I lose a certain percentage of my income, I can file it. If the other party is not exercising their parenting time, I can file it. And there's some other stuff in there, you know, there's some wiggle room. It's all, <laughs> you want to try to be, you want to get with somebody who knows how to navigate in that way. That way I can hear your situation and let you know what your options are. Because there are mm-hmm. all, almost always some sort of options. Like, I can't just lose my job and you say I'm stuck with this amount for the next couple of years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. Um, it's, it's different circumstances that the law has taken into consideration so that they can put protections in place for both parties. I think the bigger deal is when nobody takes the steps to use those processes. That's when everything else comes in because you don't miss one payment and they throw you in jail. It's not how that works. Right. I agree. I agree. Um, so 
so that's interesting to hear you say as far as the modification because the person that I spoke with, she just said, no, the person has to wait until this amount of years. Never was it said that, oh, well, if there's a loss of a job or, or whatever the case, then they could come as long as it hasn't been two years. So mm -hmm. that that's interesting and good to know also. And um, a lot of guys that I've run across um, would rather just give the money to the child's mother because, again, they don't either... A, don't want to be put in the system, or number two, they just don't feel like dealing with the mother because maybe the relationship has gotten to that point where it's just like, if that's what you want, money just here, take the money, let me see my child. What mm -hmm. What is your advice for that guy? I hate it. Um, <laughs> I think it boils down to this, and this is it might be an unpopular opinion or it might be a little too straightforward but I, I try to manage expectations and, and be very honest you gotta be careful who you have children with mm -hmm. at the end of the day at the beginning of the day who you decide to lay down with and have this child like you're stuck with that if they're if they're a bitch you knew that coming in if there were red flags that this man don't do anything he's supposed to he doesn't take care of his responsibilities what makes you think that a child is going to be any different like people have to think about that it's not necessarily the court's <laughs> responsibility to make somebody be somebody that they're not even though that's what they're technically trying to do you have to be careful with who you decide to bring children in the world with mm -hmm. like that's a big deal even if we don't get along we're both the, we're both knowing what we need to do you have to be with somebody that's mature enough to recognize that you know and i don't i don't necessarily agree 100 percent with how child support is set up in georgia I don't know that it could be, I'm sure that it could be reformed in a way that would um, work better for both parties. I think the whole, you got to look at the, um, you have to look at policy behind things and why, why it's set up the way it is for you to fully understand. And it's my understanding, right? Child mm -hmm. support is, is designed to put that child, and this goes back to that marriage thing I was talking about, about how this country, how the values were built on certain certain values, like right. how things run built on certain values, marriage, right? Mm -hmm. the, the, the child support is designed to put this child in the position the child would be in if the two of you were still together. So mm -hmm. now that we're separated, I have to take into account how much money I would have been able to contribute to this child mm -hmm. and how much money you would have had coming into this house. And mm -hmm. that's how they kind of try to work those numbers so that the child would still have the the life that they would have had mm -hmm. had the parties not separated. Well, what do they, my question to you is, as we're talking about this is what, what is, what are the things, what are the factors that they use, should I say, that comes into play when we're determining how much the father is supposed to pay? Because I've seen a lot of instances where, you're asking for more than what the father has. Hmm. Okay. So the the biggest thing is going to be income. Believe it or not, it is based on gross income, not your net income. Right, right. Um, that's going to be the biggest, biggest factor. So what Georgia has done, if they, they've come up with a chart that says if the household earns this amount and they have this amount of children, 
this amount should be designated to those children. Okay, boom. So mm-hmm. then you take those incomes and you split them what we call pro rata. So if I make hypothetically, if I make fifty thousand and my child's um, father makes a hundred thousand, mm-hmm. that's a hundred and fifty thousand dollars combined, right? Mm-hmm. He would be making sixty-seven percent. I would be making thirty-three percent of that hundred and fifty thousand. Then you would look at the chart and say, okay, we have one child. How much does one child get for $150,000? Okay, boom, here's a number. Mm-hmm. I will be responsible for 33% of that amount. He will be responsible for 67. That's okay. the pro rata split. Now, mm-hmm. there are other things in there that have to be taken in consideration. Let's say I pay for child care. Now, I'm only making 33% of our combined income. Now, here I am paying $850 a month in child care. We know daycare is expensive. Mm-hmm. That's going to be taken into consideration. They're going to try to split that pro rata, or they're going to put that in the chart so that it, it manipulates those numbers in that way. Healthcare insurance okay. is a big deal. If I have other children that I'm paying for, what if I have another child support order? That's going to come out of that initial income because my income is no longer true. I have another child. If I have a qualified child that lives with me, that's going to go in there. What if I have to spend money to travel? What if my, my child is in Florida and I'm in Georgia? I got to spend however much every time to go and see them. That's something that the court can enter in. Um, tuition, uh, extraordinary mm-hmm. uh, school expenses, or maybe even um, extraordinary health expenses. I've had cases where the child had like diabetes and it was it's just expensive you know, mm-hmm. to keep up with everything. And the court will take all of that stuff and that's where the numbers start moving around. And okay. what it's trying to do is show, okay, if the both of you were together, this is what you would have to do based on your income and what you're paying for. And this is what mm-hmm. you would have to do. And that's how it works. So, and the only reason it goes to the person that has the child is because generally the other, it's going to go to whoever, whoever has the child. If I have the child right. the most, then mm-hmm. the support is going to come to me and I'm going to supplement that support with my own money. People tend to think you're paying support and I'm not paying anything wrong, completely wrong. I still have right. to provide those five, six, seven hundred dollars a month. I'm still going to have to supplement that mm-hmm. with whatever I have to do to make sure that I have everything they need on top of what you're giving. So both parties so, are responsible for paying. To, to factor in that. So you said, I want to make sure I have you what you said was correct. So let's just say there is a father who has another child that's in another state. And so in order for that child to be affected, does there does it have to be a court order in place or can the father just show proof of DNA or whatever and says, "Hey, look, I have another child." So, um that's a really good question here in Georgia. If you're going to it's called it's there's different schedules in the child support worksheet. We're referencing Schedule B. Schedule B has two options. You can enter a qualified child. Mm -hmm. A qualified child, there are a few factors that you have to meet. It cannot be a stepchild. They have to live with you. um, You have to be financially responsible for the child. A couple of other factors in there that you have to meet in order to use it. Doesn't require an order, but you have to meet those factors. The other ones are prior court orders. So I can't just say I have this other kid that I have that I have to take care of, I don't have a court order for it, and they don't live with me. Okay. Court is not required to enter that, but they will take in, into consideration other child support orders or children that are living with you. 
Got you. Okay. And um, in, in, in a perfect world, we would like to see the mom and the dad sit down and then she says, okay, because you're a good father, or I see that you're genuinely making the effort to do what is, uh, what you're supposed to do or what's required as a father, I'm just going to take you off of child support. Hmm. So, <laughs> so in that instance, let's just say in hypotheticals that the father has an arrearage amount, but the mom has a change of heart and she decides that she wants to take them off. Now, what is the process with that? Like, does, uh, does he still have to pay that arrearage amount or if she goes and takes them off, does that go away? So there's two ways to go about this. Mm -hmm. um, it's two ways to go about it. Child support can be initiated through the state, which would be child support services, or it can be initiated through the court, the superior court. And that'll go along with any lawsuit that you file. If there is a court order, you are not going to get rid of that support amount. Whether or not you enforce it, totally different. It's not going to just go away. Okay. It's been times I've asked, you know, on behalf of my client, hey, my client is not interested in the child support. We don't have to put it in there. The support is the right of the child. The judge is not going to just say you don't have to do it, right? Okay. Now, when we're talking child support services, yeah, you can go down there and you can say we can get rid of this order. The arrears are going to stand because that's, that's it's already taken place. Okay. It's not retroactive where you can go back and say, never mind. It's right. already taken place. But there is a way to enter an order that you're agreeing that all the ribs have been paid or canceled. Whether or not a judge grants it, it, it goes back to whether or not, you know, they have a lot of discretion. Um, I've only seen once or twice where, where the other party didn't have to pay support. And that was because they literally had the child the same exact amount of time and they made the same money. Okay. So, so in a divorce case, so like you said, so if there if there's a divorce, um, mm -hmm. and the judge says, Okay, well, I'll give you the custody and XYZ and XYZ and I'm gonna put child support, the mother or the ex can then say, No, we don't I don't want the child support part in, just give me the rest of the stuff that I'm asking for. They can say that and you can come to all the agreements that you want, but people have to know that it's up to the court to decide whether or not they want to enter that final order. We can sign mm -hmm. an agreement. You're not going to get a divorce without a final judgment. So when the court looks at the agreement, if it's a term in there that they're not okay with, they're not going to sign it. They have the power wow. to change it. And, wow. and that's why a lot of times, and like I said, the support is not is not my right or the dad's right. It is the right of the baby. Mm -hmm. and the baby can't speak up and say anything. And so the court is not going to let you waive that child's right. Mm, okay okay people like to make a lot of emotional decisions um divorce is very draining in and of itself any kind of modification of custody anything dealing with family very emotionally driven it's already frustrating half of the time and people make heinous decisions because they want to get it behind them not necessarily thinking about how it's going to affect right child moving forward right right so have you had any instances where um where we had that situation where the, the ex said, well, no, I don't want the child support, but the, the judge said, I don't really care about that. Or is there, is in that instance, can the ex speak up and say, you know, cause I agree with you. Cause you said you cannot take anything from the fact that there's a child in a situation. But if, if the ex said, well, no, he's a good dad. He gets them every weekend and blah, blah, blah. And all the stuff that comes with that. Is that taken into consideration then by the judge? Well, the, the support 
the support amount set up, well, how do I put it? All of the formulas in the Georgia Child Support Worksheet is, is assuming that the non-parent custodian, the non-custodian, non-custodial parent mm -hmm. um, has standard time. Standard time here is considered every other weekend, maybe a weekday in between, with holidays. Mm -hmm. So they're basing those numbers already on you having this kid that amount of time. Okay. It usually deviates if you had a child more or less. Okay. Or it could deviate if you have a child more or less. I think here's the thing. I've had cases, more, more than one, where um, the other party never paid any of their child support amount through the superior court. And here's the thing. Nothing happened because nobody enforced it. Now, when you go to child support services, child support services, part of their program is to enforce. So okay. you don't have to go down there and say, hey, this is what's happening. They're going to do it. The Superior Court, they issue an order. If you don't abide by that order, I have to take the steps to enforce the order. Okay. So they order child support, and I don't even want it. I don't want to have to go through this. I haven't sent to the child support services. Nobody else is going to alert them but me. It's not like the court is going to tell them for you. Mm -hmm. um, then who's going to enforce it if nobody says anything? Mm -hmm. And that's what I've seen people doing. Now, I do not recommend that because whenever somebody gets mad, it just gives them the opportunity to get up and say, you know what, matter of fact, you owe $37,000. Right, right. Okay, so I just want to get a clear understanding. So you're saying, so if it's issued by the court and they really don't follow up on it until someone goes to the services department and enforces it. Well, if it's filed, if the order is filed with the superior court, Mm -hmm. if nobody enforces it, if I don't file a contempt action, the court has no way of knowing that nobody abided by the order. Got it. Or mm -hmm. if it comes to superior court and I don't take it to child support services, nobody's enforcing it. Mm -hmm. If it's filed through child support services, they're already going to know about all of that and they're already going to take whatever steps they need to take. Okay. And what what do you say now this is another thing how how efficient is the mm, i say i've been giving the mom cash apps or money orders or whatever um because again i just wanted to give her the money just to get her away from me but then you have the services who has enforced the situation so and, and then they're sending you letters saying that you're in arrearage or whatever the case. Um, can they then show those proof of money orders, cash apps, text messages, or whatever the case to kind of like put that onto their case to get the arrearages down? Absolutely. Because that's who's keeping track of what's being paid. So I'm not going to just pay it and walk away. I'm going to pay it and make sure the person that's keeping tabs of it actually knows about it so any kind of payment regardless of how you submit it don't ever submit it in cash but any any kind of way you submit it you want to be sure to let child support services know if your your order is you know being enforced through them absolutely okay what what would you say in your years of practicing uh what if any is there a difficult case that that you've tried or one that you deem difficult or or what are the most difficult ones? Is it like divorce, child support, custody? Which case to try is the most challenging in your opinion? The most challenging cases are probably where you have um, 
issues with it's so many. It's, <laughs> probably when you have issues with orders from other courts that are harder to decipher because we're not going based off Georgia law or something that we're already accustomed to. Or your cases where the parties, one party lives with the child in another state, those tend to get difficult. I've had cases where um, one parent leaves with the child and it's hard to find them and you got this, these rules about jurisdiction and you don't want to lose the jurisdiction. Um, yeah, a lot of times when it's spread out, the more, the more contested it is, the more difficult it generally becomes. Mm -hmm. So the less the two of you can agree upon, the harder the case is a lot of times. Um, you said at the beginning that you do like to fight for the underdog, hence mm -hmm. why this podcast was me, because I feel like a lot of the dads, not the ones that don't want to, but the ones that do want to. Um, I think this is vital and pivotal information that they need to know. Um, so what are some of the things that you could tell some of the dads out here that may be fighting cases or or foresee you know, a situation maybe later on down the line, what are some of the things, priority that they need to either have with them or, you know, need to be put in place to be successful in fighting these cases? Um, I tell all of my clients to keep trying. If you're, if you're in a situation where the mom is, is not allowing you to be a, a part of this child's life, you got to keep trying. I can't just be like, oh, well, fuck it. She's not letting me and walk off. The courts want to see that you you are trying. Text, can I see my baby? Can I see Can I see him? Can, why can't I see him? You got to stay focused on that. Everything is about the kid. What's going on in school? Can you update me on that? Where is the school? I want to go up there. I want to see how they're doing. You have to be in that role way before you get in front of that judge mm -hmm. to show, hey, I can do this. It's not me. It's them that's mm -hmm. stopping me from being able to do it to the best of my ability. Mm -hmm. Have you seen any cases uh, where the child is taken from the mother and given custody to the father? Yeah, I have, actually. Um, so custody is going to be based on what's in the child's best interest, right? And mm -hmm. Sometimes it's in the child's best interest that they be with father. There are a ton of factors that they're going to look at. Home environment, it goes on and on. Community ties, the relationship the child has with each parent, the relationship they have with any siblings they might have. A ton of different factors that the court considers. And when they balance those out, sometimes it's just better for dad. And that doesn't make mom a bad parent. It just right, means right. it's best for this child in particular mm -hmm. to be with dad. So it definitely happens. It's not, it's not completely uncommon. Mm -hmm. um, I wanted to ask, um, so th there are situations where, like you said, a person gets mad and they feel like, okay, so let's just say the father, from the time that the child wasn't born, there was never any child support or nothing of the sort. Well, dad gets a new girlfriend and we all know how that goes in some cases. So <laughs> what, what, um, what is something that you, if you could put in place to stop that particular behavior? Like 
if you want to put the father on child support, fine, because he's not doing what is required. But because I'm upset, like you said, which is a lot of cases, they just go and they do it and they're and they're allowed to. What what could be something you could do to kind of like or you would suggest to kind of like put, you know, get that down a little bit to, to stop it. Down. Just, as, far as, as, as far as just going just because I'm upset, like th there is no proof otherwise that he hasn't been a good father thus far. But because I see a new girlfriend or whatever the case now, I want to put him on child support. Do you feel like there's anything that maybe the law could put in place to say, okay, well, if the mother's going to come down, you have to show X, Y, and Z type of proof. Do you feel like mm -hmm. that that's reasonable? I think you got to be careful with who you have children with. Because I don't <laughs> know that they're going <laughs> to, that's what it got. That was, that's what it boils down to. You know, I don't know that mm -hmm. I can dictate whether or not a child deserves support by law. They do. And by law, you have the right to get it, whether I get it directly from the source or I go through the state, you know. Um, mm -hmm. So for me to pry into what has this dad done for his child? Oh, that's enough. That's not enough. I don't know. That's, that's really convoluted. I can't even see them sorting it out to where they can, they will have a standard to apply to everybody mm -hmm. um, in that way. But that's, that's an interesting way of looking at things to say, hey, you have to show that he has not supported this child in order for us to, because what's enough? Is it going to go back to that worksheet and then what we're going to be calculating receipts? Like mm -hmm. $34 this month. You know what I mean? Like, how do you, how do you regulate that? Well, I, I would say, um, and I'm just saying, because in my opinion, uh, even though to, to say it, it seems quite petty. As, as right. people say, but I guess in, like you said, in these days, you have to have that level of petty because if you go and, and you know that you've been doing since the child was born and then all of a sudden, you know, because you're upset, now I have to pay. And let's just say the father does walk in with these receipts from diapers, pant, uh, bibs, milk, whatever, like... So do you feel like in, in, that, in that type of instance, and this is just an opinionated question, mm -hmm. if somebody came in with those type of documents to show, hey, I but listen, here's a big box of whatever you need, because I've been doing it since day one. Do you, do you think that someone could look at that and be like, miss, please go? <laughs> because, you know, you I, would. Would. I could look at it and say, miss, please go. But <laughs> I mean, they have, it's, it's, it would be their right. You know, a lot of times I've seen people trip themselves up in that way too, where dad does more for them than they necessarily have to. And now, mm -hmm. you know, and, and it's sad because you got to think about this kid, right? You want to provide for this child. We don't mm -hmm. really care about how you feel about each other. Um, so if you are capable of giving this child the life you feel your child deserves, you should. Regardless, mm -hmm. so cutting it and you know it, it almost cut in half the case I'm thinking of um, right now. If I'm giving you a thousand dollars worth of support through purchasing whatever we need and doing this and paying a bill or two, and then you go put me on child support and it's like five fifty, and I'm like, oh well, now you're getting five fifty. Like, who is that hurting? Mm, okay, 
Yeah, that's gonna hurt her or probably piss her off. But who is it really hurting? Right. You know. But so, here's the thing: you can still buy your kids stuff. <laughs> like you don't have right. to wait on mom to to provide something for your child. Right. But you do you do have to keep in mind child support extends past clothes and diapers and yeah, daycare. They have okay. to have a roof over their head. They have to have food every day. The utilities have to be on. You need hot water. You mm-hmm. know, you need light. Um, they probably have activities they want to be a part of. You mm-hmm. know? And mm-hmm. if I have this child, I don't know, say 75% of the time, then 75% of the time I'm covering those costs. And so okay. that's kind of embedded in, in what you're looking at on top of the type of life the child will have if the two of you are still together. Okay. And that's why it was a lot of controversy about these big, the, the, the people that's making a lot of money, you know. Because when you mm-hmm. look at it in retrospect, if I make a million dollars a month and the mom, let's say I'm dad, I make a million, you know, you got some football players and, and your um your celebrities making a ton of money. Um, like what do you think the child is supposed to get out of that? You know, it's almost like enough for the other person to live off of. And this goes right back to who you yeah. who you're dealing with. Maybe they want to sit down and live off of it. Now they don't have much of an income to 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 put up against yours. And even still it wasn't gonna be a million dollars a month. Um, but right. you do want to be able to provide that child with the lifestyle they would have if y'all were together all the time. Yeah. It's not fair to go to mom's two bedroom apartment and you there most of the time and then here comes Super Dad, and he got, you know what I'm saying, this big mansion. You, you get where I'm going with that? Yeah, it's yeah. About trying, to, trying to get that child the life that they would have had if the parents so, were, were still locked in. So to get a better understanding of that, because you you just turned my light bulb on. So it's <laughs> like, so to us, when we see it, it looks unrealistic to us. And the first thing we say is, oh, what does she need with uh, $3,000 or, you know, a million dollars a month or whatever, like you said. But now that you put it in terms of, okay, if he were in the household, this is what the child would be accustomed to. So that's how they come up with that. That's how it's, that's, that's the whole policy behind it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because t- to us, like I said, to us common folk <laughs> <laughs> right that's a lot of money like it don't cost that much to raise a child and it right. probably doesn't you know but um a, this this child is fortunate enough to have a father who can provide provide a better life why would my child need an average life and his dad is well above average mm. oh well give me the child <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's when we got that coming in. Well, give him to me. He had that life over here with us, you know. And ooh, it's, oh. I don't know. It's 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 that balance that you have to find, and it's keeping this this baby in mind. A lot of people tend to think about themselves, and they forget okay. that you need to be thinking about this child. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and that that I do agree with you on that a lot. Like you said, a lot of this stuff is based on emotion um how i'm feeling that day how i'm feeling about that the dad that day and this doesn't excuse like i said the guys do feel like they don't have any rights or whatever but not to excuse some of their behaviors either and they'll probably kill me for this because sometimes the guys go back and forth because you know they haven't really figured it out yet or i'll just do this because this is what keeps her quiet and then all of a Mm -hmm. sudden and then there's another factor in the situation and you, you know, and you want to 
do whatever you're doing over there. Now there's an issue. You know, I'm not condoning the mother that gets mad and runs the child support, but that is one of the factors. And again, I feel like uh, the decision to do something like that should not be based on emotion. Because again, like you said, this is uh, this has a lot to do with the child. And if the child keeps seeing all of this, you know, going back and forth and, and stuff like that, like it's not healthy. And I think that's something that we really need people to understand that at the end of the day, it's not about us. Uh, it's not it's truly not and i think people forget to um to look at the child room in, in and of itself like i have a i have a two-year-old i don't know if you have children i have a toddler a two-year-old boy at that like bouncing off the walls at this point you gotta get him up get him dressed you put one shoe on you take the other one off he can't cook feed himself he can't get in the tub on his own like caring for a child is a job in and of itself and i can't just put all of the strain on oh money 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 because it's not about that like raise this child too like yeah you need to get up get, you get up at 6 30 you know what i'm saying get them mm -hmm. ready for school you do that too and i think when you start spreading out that responsibility um the money is not as, as stressful i've seen a lot of women um who okay if you keep the child more then i'm not as concerned about the money mm -hmm. versus oh i gotta i have to raise this child the majority of the time and you're not gonna help me with the with how much it costs to do it on top of that you know mm -hmm. that's a lot to deal with um and and that, again back to the very beginning that goes goes back to mom Moms raising kids and dad is providing. That's that mentality that we have to get out of if we want to see a shift and how Absolutely. these laws are falling in place. And and to be clear, there are dads that want to do those things. They want to get them up in the morning. They want to take them to school. But because mm -hmm. for whatever reason, some of the moms out here equate money with time. And I don't think that that's fair because like you said, if, if you do both situations on both ends, it kind of balances the it situation. Balances out. And it's a lot less stressful. Exactly. Sure. Exactly. So, you know, again, like you said, we need to take the focus off the money and focus more on the time. Cause I a hundred percent agree with you on that because it's, it, because you could take a child, and I always use this analogy because it makes that much sense. You could take a child out for a day and take them to the park, take them to Six Flags and do all the fun, <laughs> wonderful things that the child wants to do. And when the child comes home, you'll say, oh, hey, what did you and daddy do today? And he can give you a full list of from a from the time we woke up until the time he brought me back to the house i'm the child's telling you everything that he did all day now you could take that same child and say well how much money did he spend on you he doesn't know because he doesn't care <laughs> you know what i mean he's more focused yeah. on all of the activities mm -hmm. that they did that day so the the moms need to understand that the kids want to be with the dads as well as the mothers. And I don't Absolutely. feel like they should put the children in a situation where they're looking at dad a certain way or they have to oh, cheat. Yeah. 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 I mean, we, and I'm, I'm throwing this out there, but we black 
people. Um, mm-hmm. I already have a history of absent fathers. Um, it's not uncommon for people to not have relationships with their fathers in mm-hmm. our community. We have mm-hmm. a lot of black men that are in jail um, or th- are just absent. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not uncommon. It's more common than it should be. Mm-hmm. And, and that's a cycle that you have to start somewhere because how do you teach somebody to be a man if there was never one around and then it, it just continues and it's it has it has to stop. It has to stop yeah. somewhere. We have to be careful about who we are having children with. You need to know these people. And I mean, you're probably never a hundred percent know anybody, but you have to try. You have to do your due diligence before mm-hmm. you, you bring another person into this world that's going to be subject to oh. that decision that you made. Um, mm-hmm. We also have to be um, open to communicating about what might be helpful or what might be, everybody's situation is different. There's no, there's no right. book on this that's gonna fit every single family. You have right. to be able to talk and see, okay, what's best for our child? Cause I don't wanna, I don't want some strange person I've never met a day in my life telling me when I can see my baby, mm-hmm. what time to pick them up and drop them off. They've never even met my kid. Right, or, you know? or not even that, just, I'm standing before you and you're listening to this person. So you've already gotten a perception of what you think I, I am. Feel, yeah. Yeah. And, and, and look, and, and look <laughs> even more concerning, you don't, you don't know this person. You don't know this. Ju- I don't know what this judge is going through at home. I don't know if they had an absent father or if they wife cheated on them and he just found out this morning. I don't know what you got going on, but I know you got the power to to tell me what I'm about to do moving forward. You know, that's your mm-hmm. last result. Now we never I ain't we're never scared to go to trial. But if you can avoid it. If you can avoid it, please. Mm-hmm. You know, nobody knows mm-hmm. your life better than you. You don't know. I can go in there and tell you what my schedule is, but you you wouldn't know. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You wouldn't know. So I don't know that any court can tell you what's better for your child. It's your child. You know what values you want to instill. You know what lessons you've learned in life that you mm-hmm. want to pass on. They got your genes. It's going to be a lot of similarities in there. They're going to go through things that you've already seen that you want to put them up on game on. And a, a judge is not going to go that far into it. It's a case number. Right, right, right. So my question is for there may be a dad in the world that wants to fight a case, but he can't afford Miss Joanna Boyd. Uh, what are some things that you, you know, that you could, what or some advice that you could give that person who just, cause you, you know, like you said, this is a process and you know, it costs. And for the father who does not have the means to pay for this type of representation and he goes in and he wants to fight his own case, um, what do you recommend or some good things for him to do? So we know that criminal law, they give you an attorney. And reason being is because the relief being sought by the state is, is literally taking your freedom, your liberty. You can't go in there without counsel. Now, civil, mm-hmm. not so much. They're not going to purchase you an attorney, but they do have a ton of programs for situations like that. They mm-hmm. have a ton of programs. They have legal aid. They have a, a, a ton of other things where you can get competent counsel. I do not recommend that you go in there alone and try to navigate. If you can come up with an agreement 
then maybe you guys can kind of, you know, but as soon mm -hmm. as there, I don't care what it, it could be the smallest thing. I just told um, a potential client the other day, she was trying to figure out what the difference was between contested and uncontested, you know, when mm -hmm. it comes to like divorce. And I said, you can agree on everything except it's a spoon in the drawer that I want and you want it too. <laughs> and it's not a patty, but it'll turn the whole case. Mm -hmm. Now the whole case is contested. We got to go through step by step in that way uh, and let the court decide who's going to get this spoon. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Mm -hmm. and it's same thing here. If you can agree on all of these issues, so be it. You might be able to navigate. I still recommend that you speak with somebody on what you come to an agreement on. It's a lot cheaper. Mm -hmm. um, but if you cannot, there are programs out there that will provide competent counsel um, for your for your case. Okay. What and and so just to get a little personal with you for a second, uh, you try. What's been what's most frustrating for you when you're trying these cases? I don't like clients that don't listen. Why you hire me? You know what I'm saying? I'm not going to fight fight opposing party and the, the mediator and the judge and you too. I'm not going to do that. You know what I'm saying? You have to have an attorney that you, you're willing to listen to. And these are big, major life decisions, you know, that you're up against. It's your family you're thinking about. And so I understand mm -hmm. um, where some pushback might come from. But don't hire somebody if you don't trust them. To, to help you with that strategy and help you navigate. You got to have somebody that you are willing to listen to. And I promise I don't get offended. You know what I'm saying? I Either either you, you are okay. Like you. <laughs> I don't get offended. You know, bye. <laughs> bye. You guys, I, I, it's harder on me. You know, mm -hmm. I, we got to be on the same page and we have to be a united front to get this thing done. I'm not going to fight you and everybody else on your behalf. So clients that don't listen or you know, kind of ruin. I've had people ruin their entire case, and I, I specifically told you not to do this, and you did it anyway. And then the first thing that they do is like, "Well, you didn't know. Don't you didn't anything? I, I specifically told you what would happen, and it happened. So that's one of my biggest, biggest pet peeves. You gotta have an attorney that you trust in that way, so that that doesn't happen. Have you had an instance where you had to drop a client? I've had several instances when I've had to drop a client. I don't I don't do clients that don't listen. Mm -hmm. Um I don't do clients that don't pay mm -hmm. or try. I've had clients fall behind. I'm not gonna be like, up, oh, you missed the bill. I'm not like that. Because mm -hmm. I mean it's a big deal that you're going through already. But I don't I don't you don't get to ignore your responsibilities either with me. Um I don't do clients who um who do the opposite of what I what I've said needs to be done. Mm -hmm. Or I don't do clients who don't let me do my job. Hey, we need to file this motion. I don't want to file it. I'm telling you it needs to be filed because X, Y, Z. Well, I don't think it's a good idea. And that goes back to listening. Like if you if you mm -hmm. you have an attorney who is advising you and you can't take their advice, mm -hmm. you don't need that attorney. Because what happens is the part that people are not thinking of, I know you're thinking of your life. I'm thinking of strategy. I know what the law is. I know who the judge is. I know, you get what I'm saying? I'm going to look into all of that before I come up with, hey, this is the best course of action. And mm -hmm. if you're constantly shooting that down because of your own personal thing, you got the wrong attorney. You need somebody who's going to be in line with you. Absolutely. Because, and, and to be passionate about it and to follow through is a good thing. Because mm -hmm. I've also heard like, how you were discussing like the resources and um, 
you know, their programs and stuff like that. And I've heard over some time that the lawyers that work do pro bono work don't care as much as maybe Miss mm. Joanna would or wouldn't put as much effort into the situation as you would and things like that. So, you know, um, and that's why, again, and it, this is just, you know, what I've heard. And, and this is why the guys tend to give up and say, OK, well, if she wants the money, just let her have the money. And um, and then sometimes even with that being a decision, it's like, all right, well, you don't want me in the kid's life. You just want the money. So I really don't want to deal with the kid either. So, again, going back to this isn't about you. This is about, you know, child. And all of these things impact the child as a child and then carries on to the child's adult life and work relationships, personal relationships, and <laughs> later on down the line, how they uh, parent their own kid. Mm-hmm. So, Absolutely. you know, we just, these are some things that, you know, I just wanted to bring awareness to and to have you back up, you know, what I'm saying was a good thing. And I really, really enjoyed this conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, you gave a lot of vital information. You even gave me some information that <laughs> I didn't know. Like, you know, it's, especially, like I said, with the football thing, like the way that you explained it, like, you know, what, like I said, us on social media looking at it, like, why is it that much? You know, yeah. it's like that because he plays football, but to put it into a perspective that way was, you know, I get it. Still seems a little tiny bit excessive. Yeah. But, it, can some, it can use some tweaking. They can, they can, yeah. <laughs> they can use a little reform. You know? Definitely. Um, if you ha- if you could offer just one piece of advice to anybody that's watching this, um, particularly dads, uh, as far as child support in the court system and this, that, and the third, um, could you give one piece of advice as if to how to avoid this situation, if you can? And then if you can't avoid it and you end up in this situation, you know, what what would be the best advice you could give the person? Don't have children with somebody you don't want to be with or you don't intend to spend spend, spend your life with. This is a lifelong commitment a child is. And it doesn't go away just because the relationship does. You have to be very careful about who you cross that line with. And if you've already crossed the line, you have to be man enough to recognize, okay, I picked her. Because nobody's holding you down having babies by you. Mm-hmm. So at some point, we have to point at ourselves and say, man, I knew she was crazy. <laughs> right? Because <laughs> everybody's not going to always be there to rescue you mm-hmm. from that. We already know there are systems built in place that are not necessarily favorable. And knowing that, you probably should make better decisions about putting yourself in that situation to begin with. And mm-hmm. if you find yourself in that situation... All you can do is navigate the best you can, knowing that you put yourself there, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, you don't give up on your kids. I don't care. I don't care how hard it gets. I don't think it's anything that can happen that makes me say, you know what, whatever, never mind. I, I don't see it. That is my child. My child depends on me. My child needs me. I want mm-hmm. to make sure I instill everything in this child that I wish I would have known on top of everything that I do know, you know? Exactly. And your child, like if your child don't have nobody else, your child has their parents, parents, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. needs both. Um, mm-hmm. You don't give up on that, regardless. It's nothing like nothing should be able to make you say, "Never mind." Right. 
Well, again, I thank you for joining me this evening. Um, I really, really enjoyed this conversation. Um, uh, you put a lot of things into perspective. And like I said, taught me some stuff that I thought I knew, but <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> so if anyone wanted to get in touch with you, um, I know you do have social media. I discovered you on TikTok. So. Oh, did you? Oh, wow. Yeah. Instagram mostly, Facebook, Instagram, the handle is at JGBoydLaw. Um, we got a website, JGBoydLaw.com. You can get in contact with me there. Of course, it's a Facebook page, JGBoydLaw. Um, <laughs> all the way across the board, Twitter, all of it. I would start with Instagram. We do a lot of fun stuff there. Um, yeah, that's how you would reach me. Okay. Thank you so much, Joanna, for joining me on uh episode of uh, Father Paint. Um, hopefully, I'll be talking to you again, you know, as this progresses. Maybe I might ask you to come back and sit on a panel with me if you do have the time. Um, I do appreciate you again uh, for offering your time today. And thank you so much, everyone. This will wrap up episode three. I'll see y'all next week. Good night. <laughs>